You are Locked On Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, let's do this. Welcome to a Tuesday edition of Locked On Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, the only podcast that breaks down every Heat game, news item, rumor, and more. Thank you for listening, for subscribing, and to those of you who support us on Patreon. My name is Wes Goldberg, and I'm here as always with David Ramil. We're here recapping the Heat's 107-99 to loss to the Boston Celtics. The Heat went to halftime, tied at 50, but after a 37-18 third quarter, ended up trailing the Celtics by 20 with 10 minutes left. But Miami did go on a little bit of a run, a 24-7 run, to make it a five-point game with four and a half minutes left. But it wasn't enough to take down the Celtics and Kyrie Irving, who finished with 26 points, 10 assists, and 8 steals. Boston starters outscored Miami's by 50, and the Heat have lost now three of their last four. Tough loss for the Heat, David. It is. Uh, I think when we were previewing the games last week, we expected this to be a little bit more of a blowout, to be honest with you. And it seemed like it was certainly headed in that direction. And uh, as you pointed out, the run made it seem a lot more competitive than I think it actually was. Uh, the Heat starters really... Put Miami in a deep hole there, and uh, you know, as much as they got some pretty key contributions off the bench, I think Boston was playing a much better game overall. Like they got some, Miami did get some good energy from a couple of key players, notably Deion Waiters, but at the same time, uh, it just didn't seem like they were playing the same level, with the same kind of energy and enthusiasm, and and Boston. You have to give Kyrie Irving an incredible amount of credit there. Towards the end, he really carry that team helped them pull away completely and look as far as the three losses and out of four uh you know i think we expected at least two of those the losses to milwaukee and boston who are at the top of the eastern conference but the loss to detroit is problematic because even though they were without josh richardson uh you know detroit is still a pretty bad team an incomplete team minus the performance of blake griffin i don't know that you're getting much consistency out of anybody else on that roster and so the heat if they're going to compete for a playoff team and, and show that they can maybe challenge one of the top four teams in the Eastern Conference, they need to be a little bit better about knocking off those bad teams. And and so that third loss is much more problematic, I think, than either the loss of the Celtics tonight or the one to the Milwaukee Bucks last week. Either way, though. But then it, but then it adds up to a one-in-three road trip, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and look, I mean, that's not encouraging. I mean, Miami has played better away than they have at home, but... Then they still face tough competition, and uh, and they falter, and then they face not so tough competition, and still find a way to lose. So that's that's the problem with Miami is that without any clear superstar or a guy who can consistently put up those kind of numbers, they're they're going to take some losses, and and that was you know, evident against Boston, where Kyrie Irving was really the difference maker there. He, he carried the team, like I said, and really scored some really tough buckets there when Miami was able to cut that lead, and and Miami had no response. And Al Horford dominated the game from start to finish. Kyrie Irving kind of took over late, but I thought Al Horford from the, the onset really set the tone for the Celtics. I mean, his line was pretty modest. 16 points, 12 rebounds, 4 assists, 3 blocks, 1 steal. Um, so he didn't do like a whole lot of anything, but did a little bit of everything. And outplayed Hassan Whiteside immediately. And Whiteside, this... Like, We'd been praising Whiteside, or at least I had been trying to praise Whiteside a little bit more because he had been playing better. In fewer minutes, he was averaging 23 to 25 minutes a game, basically. he Shorter bursts, more energy, mm-hmm. more often, mm-hmm. we were seeing from him. And tonight, he just it, he was just like lollygagging around. I don't know what it was with him. It was probably one of the worst games we've seen from Whiteside in, in quite some time here. 
And like I said, Horford completely outplayed him. He beat him out on the boards, which is the one area where Whiteside should be able to beat Al Horford. And he just, he wasn't a factor. He played 20 minutes tonight. He was a minus eight, three of five from the field, just six points, only had eight rebounds. I mean, in 20 minutes, eight rebounds for Whiteside is not good at all. And then you look at the rest of the starting lineup, Josh Richardson was the only one in double-digit points with 11, and he was, and it took him 13 shots to get there. You know, James Johnson had a really bad game. He was a team worse, minus 22 in the box. He really struggled in that game. Um, Justice Winslow, I, was not. it wasn't a great game for him either um, until he started to kind of figure it out a little bit more in the second half when he started the fourth quarter, and, and he was part of that unit that went on the run there along with Derek Jones Jr., Tyler Johnson, Deion Waiters, and Bam Adebayo. But for the start of the game, he was having a hard time guarding Tatum and then had a hard time uh, guarding Kyrie Irving late. Uh, Rodney Magruder, he only played eight minutes. He was basically unplayable in the game. And then you mentioned the bench. Deion Waiters kind of got it done. 18 points on 8 of 16 shooting. Bam Adebayo had 13 points and 7 rebounds. Derek Jones Jr. had 18 points, all on tippins, I think. Um, Actually hit a three-pointer, which was good for him. And then Dwayne Wade had eight points. So it was basically the bench carrying the load for Miami. But that big run that came in that fourth quarter, as soon as Brad Stevens put the starters back in, the run was over, you know? So it was, it, like you said at, at the beginning, it kind of ended up looking closer than it actually was. Miami was able to feast on, you know, Boston's bench. They don't have a whole lot of bench depth as far as scoring goes. Right. And so they were able to kind of take advantage of that. But again, as soon as Boston put their starters in, that was it. Game was over. I, I'm trying to think. You, you pointed out Hassan Whiteside's pretty poor stat line there but of the starters you know Rodney I don't know that we can count on Magruder having a productive night anymore like it's just gone to the point where it's very very unexpected to see him have even a solid game like he's giving some consistent effort but his minutes have been waning Um, teams around the league have figured him out and he just hasn't been as aggressive as he was to start the Mm -hmm. year I mean, Winslow having such a bad night, that was really concerning because I don't know that there's anybody in that starting lineup that could really limit. Who was guarding Winslow for most of that first half? Because it seemed like... I think it just felt like he was missing shots. I mean, he had... Marcus Morris was on him a little bit, but they like... Like, Boston will switch things. I know Tatum was on him a couple times. Um, Jalen Brown was on him a little bit, too, when he entered the game. They they didn't play Irving on him right away, which I think was maybe his problem that he's able he's usually able to feast on those guys but they were able to hide Kyrie Irving but when Winslow goes one of five and Richardson goes four of 13 and Deion Waiters is basically your only efficient efficient scorer on the night yeah that's bad news and and that's a, that's that's nothing against Dion. he had a great game it's just it, the starters can't play like that I don't care how good your bench is like your starters can't play like that and you can't expect to I'll, win. I'll have to rewatch it though because I feel like the problem was that Magruder couldn't be counted on to score, and I think Kyrie was on Magruder for most of the night, being that, that there's not much mm-hmm. of a size differential there. And and I don't know if you pointed it out, but Kyrie Irving, with eight steals of the night, probably sagging off Magruder and then in, in intercepting any kind of passes that were being made, uh, changing things up, being able to provide some secondary help there. That's probably that probably was a factor to to limit what Winslow and, and Richardson uh, were able to do, and that's that's a problem. That if Magruder's going to be in there and be such a negative on offense that all of a sudden people can say, this is reminds me of like Joel Anthony during the big three era where it was basically four on five when it came to the offensive output there. But, you know, I wonder if Magruder's just gone to that point where he's, he can no longer be counted on any kind of scoring whatsoever. And so that allows defenders to sag off of him and make things problematic for the other starters. Speaking of that, is it time for the Heat to make a, a change to its starting lineup? We'll talk about that when we come back. 
Let's get to your questions that you sent in on Twitter using the hashtag AskLOHeat. Let's start with these three questions, David, because they're all kind of the same one. This one comes from Sean. Winslow, Jay Rich, Waiters, Derek Jones Jr., Whiteside, new starting five. Does Jay Rich slide to the three? This one comes from Stan. When does Spo try a new starting five? That lineup continues to get off to slow starts, and when they come in together, get blown off the court. Lady Logic writes in, I see a lot of people saying Dion needs to be starting, but weren't we all adamant that Josh Richardson needed to be the starting two guard? Wouldn't this put him back at the three? So, changes to the starting lineup. I think it needs to happen, David. I want to re- I, I want to say my stat again. Um, they got blown out by 50 points, the starting unit, <laughs> from the Boston Celtics starting unit. That's really bad. Yeah. And it's... This this starting unit has been problematic. Nobody talked about James Johnson. He's been like, if you look at his game log, like, it's it's scary. Like he is really struggling lately. Um, he had five turnovers tonight. He's coughing up the ball a lot. He's not scoring on offense. He's not shooting very well. Players are sagging off of him. And defensively, he's not what he needs to be for Miami. Right. I think there's a couple of holes now with Magruder. Going back to what you were saying. And, and James Johnson now. I think there needs to be a change. But I, I don't know who you can replace James Johnson with. Like, I, I understand Sean's suggestion of Derek Jones Jr. and possibly inserting Dion Waiters as well, but I'd like Derek's energy off the bench. I mean, he certainly provides yeah. a spark. And I just, as much as I, I like his length, I don't think it's necessarily suited to guard bigger fours. Like, there's just too many good players playing the, the forward position that, I think could dominate his overall lack of strength and size. Um, and I just, I just don't see him as a plus defender in that way. Like, I mean, he's energy on the rebounding and, you know, able to knock down a perimeter shot tonight. That's all fine. I just don't see that consistently enough so that he could be a starter. I, I like him more coming off the bench. And, but to, to stay on the, the power forward spot, you can't all, you can't start Kelly Olenek either. No. Who, by the way, Olenek, we didn't even mention, didn't play a single minute in this game. What the hell's up with that? It's he couldn't. I think more so it was the matchup when Boston, when Marcus Morris isn't in there for the Celtics, they just go small immediately. They don't really have a backup power forward other than Semi Ojale, who played six minutes in garbage time. Um, well, they got Gordon Hayward in that capacity, don't yeah. They use Hayward or, or even like Jalen Brown as a small ball four, and I just don't think that Spo wanted Olinick chasing those guys around, which I think was the right move. He ended up going with Derek Jones Jr. as the backup four tonight, he played 29 minutes. So, I think that was it was more so the matchup than anything. But then again, like, wouldn't you have rather had Kelly Olinick and Bam Adebayo starting and have played James Johnson <laughs> and Whiteside less? If there's, I almost think that you need to make a, a three-man swap in that starting unit. And I know we talk about this all the time, but if you can't play Olenek with Whiteside and James Johnson's unplayable at this point with the way he's playing, then you have to bench Whiteside. And you have to start Bam Adebayo, Kelly Olenek, and then, yeah, I think you swap Marani McGruder out for Dion Waiters. And I think those, those are the changes you make. And sure, maybe your bench suffers a little bit, but... Screw the bench. Like, we got to figure out the starters before we worry out the, about the bench. You know, just that's a problem for another day. Just get the starters. They can't be getting outscored by 50 points to the Celtics. So, as far as Stan's second question there, when does Spo try a new starting five? I know he made some comments. I think he was asked about mm-hmm. the discrepancy in that starting lineup. Uh, I don't know that a starting lineup change is coming, to be honest with you. He, he's 
been hard to predict as far as who starts, and he's gone with Rodney the whole season, and I think he's going to continue to do so. I'm not sure at what point he makes the determination. I'm not sure if he's getting an edict from the front office as far as playing Rodney as much as possible. Maybe they're trying to drive his value down so they could potentially sign him in the offseason. I don't know. I, I'm not sure if that's you know too far-fetched. I think a change is happening. Okay. I think the Heat play the Clippers on Wednesday. I think we'll see a new starting lineup. So who do you see being replaced? I think changing. Dion goes in for. I think Dion goes in for. McGregor. That's fair. That, I think I mean, James I like Johnson unfortunately stays as the starter. That's fine. How about Lady Logic's question regarding uh, Jay Rich at the two or, or three? I, I don't have a problem with it. I think you know Miami's defense is so interchangeable in that regard. I mean, you have you could have Justice guarding the small forward or the three at another team, and then have Dion guarding point guards and, and Jay Rich guarding the top wing player. So I, I think it'll be fine. I don't see much of a problem in that sense. And the reality is, look, I mean, I like Dion's aggressiveness uh, with the ball in his hands on offense. There were times there where he was really going at Jalen Brown, who's known for being a, a, a top-class defender with elite athleticism, and, and Dion just didn't seem to care. His burst and his change of speed, his stutter step, is, is unstoppable. And we've talked about this before. Uh, it's clearly been as good as ever, if, if not even better. Uh, and he, he, I just, I like what he can bring to an, a lineup there. So I'm not too worried about him on offense and on defense. I think he can do enough mm-hmm. to, to, you know, match up one on one and be physical. If he has to switch onto a bigger wing player, I don't see a problem. I think Dion can handle that matchup pretty well. Yeah, and look, I mean, between this is what when we talk about the positions, we more mean defensively. On offense, it really doesn't matter. Like Justice Winslow was telling me the other day, like it. The uh, for that piece that I wrote for the step back, that the best like the the lead ball handler isn't just the point guard anymore. It's oftentimes just one of the better players on the roster. In his words, the best player on the roster. But um, it doesn't really matter what Josh Richardson is on offense. That like he's still going to be playing a shooting guard type role where he's out sure. there spotting up, you know, and just being a three point shooter, floor spacer. You can attack off the dribble. Defensively is where we need to worry about it. And like you said, Winslow. On de- like even though Winslow is a point guard on offense, he's a three on defense, and that's where he's best. And he struggled guarding Kyrie Irving tonight, and that kind of more illustrated the fact like he needs to be guarding threes. I actually thought that Josh Richardson should have been guarding um, Kyrie down the stretch, and that Winslow should have switched onto Tatum. But yeah. um, so as Richardson and Dion can guard the other opposing guards, and that's fine, right? And just Josh Richardson takes the harder assignment of the two, and you just do that. Um, so I don't think it's an issue at all. Let's get to this next question from Charles, who writes in, can you see the Heat picking up Carmelo Anthony, David? <laughs> um, no, I don't. I, I think as yeah. much as we might need a scoring punch, I just think trying to incorporate Carmelo Anthony and getting him on the same page, fitness level, uh, you know, as everybody else on this roster just isn't going to work. I, I know that. There was preliminary interest at the start of the season, and he chose the Houston. I mean, Anthony chose the Houston Rockets instead. That was a bad decision, and we don't know what's going what's going on with Car- uh, Carmelo in Houston. I mean, from everything we've heard, there wasn't any kind of specific incident. I mean, maybe just an overall lack of play. It, they they started. He just isn't good. Like, well, I mean, that's part of it. Um, he wasn't great in Oklahoma City. I, I think yeah. he had a hard time adjusting to a, a lesser role. 
And I think Miami's yep. roster is already so deep. And and if you're not playing guys like I, mean, I would venture that Kelly Olynyk is probably a better and if not better, more complete player than Carmelo Anthony's at this stage in his career. And yeah. he's not getting any minutes. So I can't see a world where Carmelo, who's always been bad defensively, would get any playing time in Miami. Yeah, the 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 answer in Miami isn't adding another below average player. The answer in Miami is subtracting below average players or average players or however we want to define it. Um, Carmelo Anthony wouldn't he'd be the fifteenth best guy on this roster right now. Like that's unfortunately that's the reality of this thing. And um, I just I don't see a reason why Miami would do it. The, you don't need to add another body who needs playing time. Carmelo Anthony's not going to help anything. Uh, we'll get to our stat of the game after this break. It's time for our stat of the game. Take that for data. David, what do you got? Not much, but uh, Miami currently at 22-23, and 23, a game under 500. They stand two and a half games over the Detroit Pistons, who are currently ninth in the Eastern Conference. That's not much of a gap there. The Charlotte Hornets are actually just a, a half game behind Miami for the eighth seed. You know, this seemed like it was a lot... It was a lot better for Miami a few weeks ago when they were playing at such a high level and Point Justice was thriving and, and you know before these recent three losses out of four games. But all of a sudden now that's where that Detroit loss really comes to bite you in the ass because you know you need those kinds of wins in, as far as conference play is concerned. And if you're trying to make a push in the standings, uh, Miami just doesn't have much room for, for failure. So they've got to continue to find a way to win and that's going to be increasingly difficult. We've talked about this. I, I can't remember when, if it was last week or earlier this week. When we talked about that upcoming road trip, I mean, there, there's a lot of games that they're going to be playing on the road, and some of them are going to be against very, very tough opponents. And so these kinds of wins, are, you know, these kinds of games against teams like Boston are, are purely winnable against Detroit specifically. That's pretty, I mean, that's that's concerning for Miami. I mean, they could find themselves outside of the playoff race as the season goes on. And we should mention, I mean, the first half of the schedule, Miami had the easiest schedule in the NBA. Yeah by strength of schedule rankings, that's not going to be the case the second half of the season. Things are going to regress, and they have a much tougher schedule as we're seeing now. And if I'm the Heat, I wouldn't I wouldn't take a playoff spot for granted. And I don't think that they are. Maybe the fans are a little bit. I don't know. Falling out of the playoffs is still an extremely realistic possibility, absolutely. and that's unfortunate, but it's absolutely the, the case. Uh, my stat is 19.6. Um, that's... On average, the amount that the Heat starters are getting outscored by in the last four games. Almost 20 points a game, Miami starters are getting outscored. And, you know, not to keep going back to this, but it underscores the point. Something's got to give with the starting unit. And if you're the Heat and you're looking to keep that playoff spot, it starts with the starting lineup. Get it fixed. You can't afford these slow starts for both halves anymore. You just can't do it. Like these third quarter things... Mm. It's mostly because the starting lineup is ineffective, and the slow starts have been hurting Miami all season long. You know, when you have to start, if you start worrying, I don't think, it, it doesn't seem like Eric Spolstra is worrying too much about hurting people's feelings anymore, right. but there's specific people that you really can't worry about hurting their feelings anymore, and if it means that a certain Hassan Whiteside needs to go to the bench, and not because he's not playing well, but only because you need to play Bam and Olenek together, mm-hmm. because James Johnson can't play, mm-hmm. if you need to take Roddy Magruder out as much as he represents the culture, as much as he's loved in the locker room, you got to do it, because either you start winning, or you start trading guys, or probably both, and so that's that that 19.6 number is untenable. It, look, we talked about this before in a previous segment, uh, you know, the potential of Dion starting soon, but we're a few weeks away from everything that we've heard as far as Goran Dragic's potential return. 
who's the better option to start alongside Winslow and, and Josh Richardson? Is it Dragic or is it Waiters, in your opinion? I've gone back and forth. Like, just as a pure starter, probably Dragic. I trust him a little bit more as a three-point shooter um, and as a smart actor, you know, mm-hmm. off the ball. But I also kind of, but like, then again, the Dion Waiters, Dwayne Wade thing off the bench is kind of working in a weird way. Yeah. So I don't mind it. Like, if you just put kind of Wade and Waiters in there and just say, like, just go be scorers for this, the bench unit, I don't mind it. So I, I guess I go Dragic, yeah. Defensively, though, that could be a little bit of a problem. I mean, he's going to be counted on mm. the guard, your, your point guard, probably, because I don't know that he can handle quicker wings. Um, right. So so you're going to have to, you're going to need, like, James Johnson and Whiteside to not be bad defensively like they have been the last couple of games right yeah so that's the other part of it yeah you're right yeah i mean there's not a great answer right now in miami but uh spolster's got to figure it out i don't i don't envy his job right now um well that's all we have for today thanks for listening if you got a smart speaker as a gift over the holidays you could tell it to play podcast locked on heat Connect with us on Twitter at Locked on Heat or email us at LockedOnHeat at gmail.com. We'll be back tomorrow with a trade deadline preview, so you can look forward to that. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for joining me, David. You got it, Wes. Yeah! Um.